Someone snaps their fingers outside my window every night at 3 a.m. The neighbors warned me not to look at him. This story has been written by you Robo Booty. I take no credit for this story. Now on with the story I heard it my first night in the new house. Someone walking down the street and snapping their fingers with both hands in the middle of the night. Shit. I had forgotten to close my curtains. Earlier that day, an older couple came over with a saran wrapped plate of muffins and a warning. They told me that every night at 3am, someone walks outside the house and snaps his fingers. They said that I should never, under any circumstances, look at the man. If I did, I would sorely regret it. When I asked them what happened if you looked at him, they didn't say a word. Instead, they just looked at each other, and the husband shook his head. Now I was in my room and the snapping man was on his way. I was just about to get out of bed and shut the curtains when suddenly the next snap came from right outside the bedroom window. I let out a startled cry. The house was a good 20 feet from the public sidewalk and separated by a garden gate and then a row of bushes. Somehow he had cleared that distance in less than a second. I covered my face with the pillow and curled up into a ball. A whispered prayer escaped my lips, and I hoped that God was stronger than whatever was outside. The thing started walking back and forth, going just past my house each time. His snapping started out slow and rhythmic but got faster and faster each time until it reached a feverish speed. As they sped up, the snaps grew louder, much louder than any sound a human snap could make, to the point that they rattled the window glass in its pain and drowned out every other sound. I began to shake and shouted for Jesus to protect me. Part of me wanted desperately to jump out of bed and face whatever monster was outside, but I thought back to my neighbor's visit and resisted the urge. It wasn't even their warning that persuaded me. It was the look on their faces when I asked what happened to those who chose to look. They both turned white as ghosts, like the blood had been drained from their heads, and their faces twisted in nauseating fear at the memory of neighbors who hadn't heeded their warnings. It was the kind of instant animal reaction that you cannot hide even when you try. So I knew that whatever happened to those who looked, it had to be terrifying. Even so, it was difficult to lie there defenseless in bed while the snaps grew so loud that I thought my eardrums might burst. I tried stuffing the corners of my pillow down my ears but it did nothing to quiet the incessant roar. Then there was silence. The noise stopped so suddenly that it was almost startling. From outside, a gravely reptilian voice said, not in a whisper but in a low and quiet tone, Good night. Footsteps went away from the window and back up the road in the direction they came. It wasn't until the footsteps trailed off that I noticed the sound of someone crying. After a moment, I realized it was me. I was crying, no, sobbing uncontrollably. The experience had been absolutely terrible and frightening in a way I cannot put into words. The worst part was that the louder the snaps got, the more I wanted to look at who was doing them. It wasn't just a morbid curiosity, it was almost as if the sound was beckoning me, like an audible angular fish was inviting me into its razor-filled jaws. I got up without opening my eyes and shut the window curtains. It took four more hours to fall asleep, and even then only because the sun was starting to rise and the world felt safe again. After a while I developed certain strategies for coping with my nightly visitor. At first I tried putting earplugs in before going to bed, but that didn't do anything to cover up the sound of the snapping. Worse still, 
The goodbye at the end was always as clear as if I had my ear up against the wall. I asked around, and some people in the neighborhood let me know that you could help drown out the noise by leaving a fan on through the night. It sounded dumb at first, but I was desperate enough to try anything at that point and, sure enough, it worked. The snapping was still loud, but endurable, and after a week I was sleeping through the whole thing. In order to make sure I never accidentally looked out the window, I tied the curtains shut and put a box over the sill for an added layer of protection. I also constructed a wall of cardboard around the corner of my bed closest to the window so that if I happened to look over there in the middle of the night and the box had in some way fallen off and the curtains were somehow open, I still wouldn't see him. I even put tripwire in front of the window so that if I were to try and unblock the window in my sleep I would fall over and wake up. I know, it's a lot of precautionary stuff, but what would you do in my situation? I was determined to not be like one of those dumbasses in scary movies who know there's an imminent threat and just keeps going about things as usual. And when the monster gets them everyone in the audience thinks I told you so. Fuck that. Once I fine-tuned my nighttime defense strategies, my life started getting back to normal. I joined a book club settled into my new job, and even became friends with a couple co-workers. One was a goofy guy named Tyler who stupid in a fun to be around kind of way, and the other was a beautiful girl I was flirting with named Amanda. Everything was going great until I had the dumb idea to invite both of them over for a little party at my place. We started off with board games, pizza, and beer, then more beer, then some pizza, and finally some more beer. At one point Tyler got up to use the pisser as he put it, and I seized the opportunity to capitalize on the liquid courage I had in my system and make a move on Amanda. I was just building up to it when Tyler shouted out, what the fuck is this stuff in your room I froze. I had gone so long without waking up at 3am that I had half forgotten about the thing that roamed the neighborhood. I looked down at my watch 255. Shit 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 shit. I had let time get away from me. I got up and ran into my bedroom. And Amanda followed me. Don't touch it. Get away from the window I shouted at Tyler. Who was peeling back the box on the windowsill. He and Amanda stared at me with their mouths gaping open. And I knew I had to explain myself. I told them all about the thing that comes by every night at 3am and how it was incredibly dangerous to look at him. I expected them to think I was crazy, but that wasn't exactly how they reacted. Whoa. Tyler gasped. So, like, your neighborhood is haunted well. Yeah I guess technically, but it's not a huge deal as long as you stay away from that window. I said. So, like, you've never even seen the guy that does this he asked me. I shook my head. How do you know it isn't just some random loser playing a prank trust me? If you heard it you would know that it isn't anything human. I told him. He looked at me with a flash of excitement. What time is it he asked. I checked my watch again. 2.58. I stuttered. And then looked at him in terror. I did not want them to witness the snapping. For some reason it just felt. Dangerous to have them around. I worried something unexpected would happen. Something out of my control, like Amanda tripping and accidentally ripping down the box on the window, or Tyler being Tyler and trying to drunk fight the monster. I mean, they were two highly intoxicated young adults, and we were at what shared a passing resemblance to a party. I was basically playing with fire inside a fuel tank. We need to get out of here. Let's go back into the living room. Seymour and I blurted and tried to herd the two out of my room, but Tyler wouldn't budge. No fucking way, man. Now that we're here, I wanna hear this thing. I'm staying. 
I could tell he meant it, and I didn't know what I could do to convince him to leave. Before I could even think of something else to say, I heard it. The snaps were starting from down the street. He's coming, I said, mostly to myself. Tyler and Amanda fell silent and strained to listen for the sound of his arrival. I don't hear Amanda started to say, but she was cut off by the sudden sound of snapping that came from right outside the window. I groaned. He was here. Tyler, who was facing the window, fell backwards onto the floor. Holy shit. He giggled. It's real. I didn't like the look I saw on Tyler's face. He was eyeing the window up and down like it was a roller coaster he was about to ride, a plunge into adventure that he was ready to take. Come over here, Tyler. It's not safe by the window, I said, but my words were lost on him. Tyler, get over here Amanda yelled. The snapping started to get louder, and Tyler's visage changed from excited to afraid. However, that glimmer of adventure still shone in his eye. Why can't we look at him again Tyler shouted over the growing noise. He started to move, hesitantly, towards the rattling window. I tried to shout back an answer, but the snapping was already deafening and it drowned out any sound of my voice. Where is that fan? I looked around desperately for the fan that could quiet the all-consuming noise. I could have sworn I left it in its usual place. Amanda covered her ears and crouched down to her knees. I could tell by her face that she was crying. For a second I bent down to comfort her, and when I looked up I just barely caught Tyler's mouth moving. I'm not the best lip reader, but I could tell he said something like, I think I'm going to open the window, as he reached to pull the box off the windowsill. I sprang up from the floor across the room towards him and shouted with all my might for him to stop, but it was too late. Just as I was about to reach him, Tyler undid the curtains and he laid eyes on the terrible thing outside. I shielded my own eyes with my elbow just in time, but that didn't stop me from hearing Tyler's screams. Because as soon as Tyler opened the curtains, the snapping stopped. The thing outside the window let out a deep, animal moan of pleasure and then all we could hear was a mortifying, blood-curdling wail. It came from Tyler, and it sounded like a mix between a terrible human shriek and the squeal of a pig being slaughtered. I felt bad for him, but at the same time I didn't know what I could do to help without putting myself in danger. Thankfully, the screaming soon subsided and after a few seconds of silence I decided to open my eyes. Tyler was sitting in the corner, slumped over like a drunk. His mouth was turned up in a slight smile and drool poured out of the corner. Tyler, I began to talk to him. He looked over when I said his name, and I saw that his eyeballs were all white. They didn't pupils or irises, not even any veins. They were just pure white like two cue balls stuck in his skull. He smiled wider. Tyler, are you alright I asked. I'm fine, he said dryly as he stood up. I looked at the watcher, and he has helped me truly see. He took a step toward us. I think you two should look. I promise you won't regret it. He took another step forward and reached a hand out in our direction. Just take a quick peek. I won't tell anyone. At that moment, a dull thud came from the window. Tyler went on talking and staggering towards us. I put a protective arm out in front of Amanda, in a feeble attempt at shielding her from whatever terribleness had entered the body of our friend. You should take a look. It's not so bad. It's not like what they've told you. There was another thud against the window. It sounded like something was pounding on the glass. I promise, I wouldn't lie to friends. Tyler said, thud. Do I look like I'm hurt? I wanted to answer that he did look hurt, but I knew it wouldn't do much. There was something very wrong with him. Looking out the window had changed him. 
Tyler, what is that thing doing? I asked him tentatively as I took a cautious step backward. Thud. Who Tyler asked me? That thing outside. Oh. He's banging his head on the glass. He says that once someone looks at him, he's allowed to come in. As he said those words, there was another thud and the glass made a cracking noise. I turned around to look at Amanda, and said the last words I would ever speak to her. Get out. Now she took off running and I followed close after. Behind us, I heard Tyler call out. This time in his normal voice as if the real Tyler had fought his way out of the prison that was his mind. Wait. Take me with you. I can't see I paused and almost turned back. But that was when the window shattered and I knew that going back for him meant certain doom for us both. It was hard to leave my friend behind like that. But I told myself there was nothing I could do. It would have been like one drowning person trying to save another. So I took off. By the time I got through the front door, Amanda was already out of sight. Her car wasn't in the driveway, so I assume she made it to safety. My car was in the garage and the keys were up in my room, so I ran away on foot. New screams and the sounds of tearing flesh echoed out into the night as I crossed the lawn and scampered down the sidewalk. There was so much adrenaline in my system that running was not difficult, even though I was severely out of shape. I ran until my frantic legs carried me to a public place, a fast food restaurant that I had never noticed before. Thank god it was open. I burst inside and collapsed onto the sticky tile floor where a worker had just knocked. He looked slightly annoyed, but not in the least bit shocked. I guess the graveyard staff at a fast food place see a lot of crazy shit. As soon as I regained my breath I pulled out my phone and called 911. I told the operator that someone had broken in and attacked my friend. I hoped there was still a chance for Tyler, but in my gut I knew that it was over for him. The operator asked where I live, and when I gave her the address her tone of voice completely changed. Did he? Look. Out the window she asked. I guess emergency services was already aware of the thing that wandered the neighborhood. Yeah, he did. I sniffled. Well, I'm sorry sir, but there's nothing we can do for your friend. We will try to recuperate most of your belongings in the morning, but you cannot go back to that house. Do you have somewhere else you can stay she asked. I was speechless. There was nothing they could do. What was that thing that went snapping outside my window every night? And how was it so terrifying that even 9, 1, 1 wouldn't mess with it? Eventually I lied to her and said I could stay at a relative's house. But truthfully I had nowhere to go. My only two friends in the area were Tyler and Amanda. One of whom was literally in the belly of the beast and the other wasn't answering my calls. I bought a cheeseburger and a soda and spent the rest of the night lying in a booth at that fast food place. Now I live in a new city, in a new neighborhood. I have a good job and am even making a few friends at work. Things are going great, but I'm starting to get a little worried. My next door neighbors just called and said that they want to come over to discuss some community guidelines. They said it has something to do with locking your doors every time there's a full moon. I swear, I can't take this stuff anymore. Why can't I just find a decent place to live?